Do you wish that the Christmas season could be as magical as it was when you were a kid? Has the stress of the season overtaken the happiness of the holidays? In a season that should be full of hope, love, joy, and family, it can sometimes feel like something we barely survive through. What if there was a way to not only survive this holiday season, but thrive? Holiday Survival Guide. Well, um, I want to look to scripture. So we're in this series, this, you know, this versus that. The topic that I've been given is light versus darkness. Oh yeah, I wanted to read. I found this, and uh, you know, I think that somebody told me that Joel Olstein, every time he preaches, he starts with a joke. And so that's probably the, the reason why he's such a successful pastor, I'm sure of it. It's not because he has perfect teeth and like a Ken doll face. Um, okay, let me find this. Uh, okay, listen to this. Three sons left home and they went out on their own and they prospered. Getting back together, they discussed the gifts uh, that they were able to give their elderly mother. The first said, I built a big house for our mother. The second said, I sent her a Mercedes with a driver. The third smiled and said, I've got you both beat. You remember how mom enjoyed reading the Bible and you know that she can't see very well anymore. I sent her a remarkable parrot that recites the entire Bible. It took the elders in the church 12 years to teach him and he's one of a kind. Mom just has to name the chapter and verse and the parrot recites it. Soon thereafter, mom sent out her letters of thanks. Milton, she wrote one son. The house you built is so huge. I live in only one room, but I have to clean the whole house. Gerald, she wrote to another, I'm too old to travel anymore. My eyesight isn't what it used to be. I stay most of the time at home, and so I rarely use the Mercedes, and the driver is incredibly rude. To the third son, she wrote, Dearest Donald, you have the good sense to know what your mother likes. That chicken was delicious. Okay, let's look at this first passage of scripture. So in thinking about this topic, I, I like you, it's like Christmas is like, it's like what, it's here already? Like wasn't it just August, like two weeks ago? And suddenly the trees are up and everyone's singing Christmas carols. I don't know about you, but I got here this morning and I was like, I'm done with Christmas carols. Because I started listening to them in like November, you know? And then when, when Mitch got up and started singing, I was like, oh, my, my Grinch heart was, you know, changed. Um, but, but it just seems like it just comes upon us. And so I really prayed a lot and reflected. And, and the words of some of this scripture kind of dropped in my spirit. And I'll read it first as quoted in Matthew's gospel. And it says this. When Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He went first to Nazareth, and then he left there and moved to Capernaum, beside the Sea of Galilee, in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali. This fulfilled what God said through the prophet Isaiah, and then he quotes Isaiah. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who've lived in the land where death casts its shadow, a light has shined. From then, Jesus began to preach, 
Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. It's easy for us to forget because we read the Christmas story every year or we, we've, been, we've been hearing about this since we were, ve- we were very young. But it's easy for us to forget that there is not a lot of glamour in the concept that God took on humanity. He laid aside his deity and he's born to a teenage, you know, like a teenage pregnancy and he's put with the animals and laid in a feeding trough. The political system that was going on with Rome having their thumb over the, the, Israel, the, the, the nation of Israel, the, the constant zealots that were rising up and trying to overthrow Rome by force. Like, we're talking about, you know, you think today, well, we're, we're not in a war-torn country. We're not having civil war, except for that whole exit, pre-exit thing or whatever. You don't want us wanting to leave. But that's probably not really going to happen. Um, but... but Consider this, that the, the, the political and the cultural context that Jesus is born into is extremely uncomfortable. So this passage, as I said, is from the prophet Isaiah. <clears throat> Several hundred years before Jesus quotes it, Isaiah says it this. Now let's look at it in Isaiah's writing. Now Isaiah, more than any other of the Old Testament prophets, I'd say, Maybe in the Psalms there's quite a mention, but Isaiah speaks to the coming of Christ. Now this is about 700 years before Jesus is going to come. And so here's the the bigger part of the prophecy. Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in the land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel, and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest. And like warriors dividing the plunder... For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod, just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniform's blood stained by war will be burned, and they will be fuel for the fire. Now, Isaiah, just stop for a second. He says this, Nevertheless, that time of darkness... Just had to take out my false tooth. It was a joke. It was a cough thing. But it's making me spit a lot. And I don't know if you're noticing, but it's extremely awkward for me. Sorry, guys. So stop there for a second. Nevertheless, the time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. Stop there for a second. I don't know what you're coming into this holiday season with. I know that last month, Something like 17,000 jobs were dropped in Alberta. (laughs) So I know there's probably people here who are, some of you facing, maybe looking for occupation, maybe looking for employment. I imagine that some of you are here and you've gotten bad medical news in the last year. I would imagine that some of you are here and, and just thinking about the Christmas season causes you to be just physically almost sick because all you can think about is a loved one who has passed on and won't be here with you this Christmas season. 
I imagine that some of you here this morning um, or watching online or around the world (laughs) probably had some relational conflict this year. And you go into the Christmas season and you try to focus on hope and light and the goodness. But the truth of the matter is that inside you're just broken and you're hurting. If that's you, I want you to take this verse and I want you to bring it and pull it into your spirit until it changes you and transforms you. Nevertheless, the time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. Your grief is not going to last forever. Your brokenness is not going to last forever. The darkness that you may be facing today, or you may face tomorrow, or you may face in 2020, is not going to go on forever. The night will not be forever, because eventually, the clouds are going to part, and the sun is going to shine, and you're going to be able to see clearly. Amen? My wife got a new pair of glasses, and so... She's walking around the house, and she's like, my goodness. And she's emptying the dishwasher. She's like, look at this. This didn't even, this didn't even get clean. Like, so I'm realizing, and it's starting to trouble me a little bit, that suddenly she sees things that she never saw before. So we're sitting down and watching Netflix. Actually, we were praying and reading our Bibles. No, we were watching Netflix. We were watching a Christian show on Netflix. I said, honey, just be honest with me. Now that you've got these glasses and now that you can actually see clearly, like, am I getting kicked to the curb? Like, now you can actually see. I mean, let's be honest. In your 20s, everything is pretty tight and high. Do you know what I'm saying? You hit 30, things start to sag. You get gray hairs in places, right? You all know what I'm talking about. It's just because it's the first service and you're still sleeping. If this was the 1130 service, they'd be in stitches right now. changing in what you see, (laughs) what you see. (laughs) Anyway, her response to me was, honey, I can see all your good qualities, all the better now. That's what she said. And I was like, this woman, yeah, aw, yeah, no. She's a politician, that's what she is. (laughs) I know where my kids get the political, you know, kind of sway. You know, the grandparents are like, "Which which grandma do you like the best? They've always been very smart about it politically. Why? Because Christmas and birthdays and presents, right? Which grandma do you like the best? Both grandmas. But which one do you prefer? Both of them, right? They, 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 they learned the skills from their mother, obviously. So this light will not go on. Sorry, this darkness will not go on forever. I know that there's probably people here this morning that you're carrying such a heavy burden that you feel like you can't even breathe. Maybe you're struggling with some kind of mental illness. Maybe you're struggling with some depression. Maybe you're struggling with anxiety. Maybe it's just a fear of the unknown or, or all those things. I want to remind you this morning that the darkness will not go on forever. And if you can just hold on to faith, and if you can hold on to the light of God's truth and believe that there is a God and that he is good and that he has a good plan for you and that no matter what happens and no matter what trials you walk through, no matter what challenges you go through, at the end of the day, you will never be alone. 
Isn't this what Jesus has promised us, that he will never leave us and never forsake us? You are not alone. You are not forsaken. No matter how lonely you feel today, you might feel just in a crowd of people that nobody sees you. I want to tell you this morning that God sees you, and he loves you, and he's got a plan. And, you know, sometimes I think of him like, when we're like, God, what's gonna, what, like, what are you gonna do? What's gonna happen? And He's like, I've already, I've already figured this out. You know that I knew that this was gonna happen, right? And so we need to trust. We need to rest and have faith in Him. Jeremiah one and verse twelve. Look at this verse of scripture. It boggles my mind. Then the Lord said, "That's right," and it means that. So He sees this vision. Jeremiah sees this vision of this almond branch, and God says, "What is that?" Lord said, that's right, and it means that I am watching, and I will certainly carry out all of my plans. And then the Lord said to me, you've seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. Let me ask you a question. What promises has God given you? Now, we've got all the promises in Scripture, and there's hundreds of them. But are there things that God has promised you specifically that are personal things that you felt the Holy Spirit whisper to your heart and say, this is what I have for you. This is what I'm going to do. Then, then understand this, that, that God is watching over those promises to fulfill them. I, 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 I see the picture in my head, like he's kind of like just like, he's watching over and he's like, when am I going to fulfill it? And we're down here and we're scrambling and we're trying to figure things out half the time, running around like a chicken with our head cut off. And he's like, I'm like, he's just up and he's faithful and he's been faithful. He's been faithful to all of those who have gone before us. He's been faithful to those who will come after us. I don't know why we get worried and think he's not going to be faithful to us. Listen, he will be faithful, faithful, and he'll carry you through. He watches over his word to perform it. Galatians 3, 29. When we look at the passages in the Old Testament and the promises to Israel, so we've started in with Isaiah, those promises are our promises as well. Because of this verse, Galatians um, 3.29, as many of you as were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself, clothed yourself with Christ. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male or female. For... All of you are in Christ Jesus, and you belong to Christ. Then you are Abraham's offspring. You're Abraham's seed, some translations say. So when you read these promises, realize that you can believe them and pray them and receive them over your life. You know what? The darkness isn't going to go on forever. God is going to send a light. I imagine that the people of that day, of Isaiah's day, were wondering, when is this going to happen? This nation of Israel has faced hundreds and hundreds of years of oppression and darkness and having promises over and over being told the Messiah is going to come one day. And we'll finish up the, the section before I finish the message. But, but they, for hundreds of years they waited. They waited in darkness, waiting for the light. And, and, and what is that light? It is Christ. He is the light. He is our hope. So no matter what else is going on this Christmas season, <coughs> excuse me, you can rejoice and you can celebrate that He is your hope. He is the light. He is the light in the darkness. We used to sing, there is a light that shines in the darkness. It was an old um, delirious song. Remember delirious in the 90s? Some of you were like, I was born in the 90s. What are you talking about? Do you remember DC Talk? How many of you remember Carmen. Three people, okay. 
For everyone else, we're going to have an altar call after this. And if you want to receive Jesus, I'm just kidding. You need some, Carmen, Carmen, was, it, was, it was awesome. Okay, so we're in Christ, we're Abraham's seed. So when you're looking at these scriptures, believe them, pray over them. I, I, I find it helpful over the years. Take some Bible verses and just pray them. Just pray a verse like that. Lord, I know it feels like I'm walking through darkness, but God, I know you're faithful. He stands over his word to perform it. Let's look at this verse in Zephaniah 3, one of my favorite passages of scripture. The Lord your God is in your midst. You know, we rush over these passages of scripture all the time. And we tend to think that God is like up there somewhere on a cloud. But the Bible says that he's in your midst. He's right in the middle of what you're going through. He's right in the middle of what you're fearing. He's right in the middle of your challenge. He's right in the middle of your dysfunction. He's right in the middle of your pain. He's right in the middle of your sin. That's what we see on the cross. We see a God who so loved humanity that instead of um, of allowing us to go down into condemnation and darkness that he came. That's what we see on the cross. We see a God who says, do whatever you want to me. You can crucify me. You can beat me. You can nail me. Put a crown of thorns in my head. I still love you. And from the cross, we see what God is like, just like Jesus, just like Jesus. He's in our midst. He is a warrior who gives victory. Listen, Whose side are you on? If you're on his side, you're on a winning team today. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will renew you in his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing as on a day of a festival. He's the warrior. He is rejoicing with gladness. He is renewing you in his love. You say, you know what? It's all fine and good. You're talking about this hope and all of this jazz. And you preachers, you tend to just get up there and probably you think that some of us don't even live in the real world. I promise you that Pastor Martin, Pastor Drake, they all put their pants on one leg at a time. I know you think that they supernaturally suspend their pants over their bed and somehow like jump into them, but they don't, I promise you. They put their pants on one leg at a time. Listen, just because you're a pastor or a leader or a preacher or a teacher does not, uh, it d- d- does not give you a free pass from the problems of life. And it takes guts to stand up on a stage and say God is good when sometimes in life you're still facing challenges. That's why you need to pray for your pastor. Amen? Yeah. <laughs> need to pray for your leaders. You got a good, just, yeah, okay. Let's keep going. We're, 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 we're trucking here. So you say, well, well, what do I do now? You're saying... You see, you know, he's going to give the victory, and I'm in the waiting. In in the waiting, in the meantime, it seems we spend so much of our life in waiting rooms. And sometimes you're like, I'm just waiting. Is that what life is about? Just flipping waiting? Yeah, sometimes. So what do you do in the waiting? What do you do when you're waiting for the phone call? What do you do when you're waiting to see if that girl's actually going to text you back or whatever? Just allow yourself to be renewed in His love. Just be quiet and allow yourself to be renewed. That's what the scripture says. That you'll be renewed in his love. What does that mean? Just like a regenerating, a washing over, a renewing. I think every day we need to be renewed in the love of God. Allow it just to wash away the negativity, the pessimism, whatever else that life kind of just 
throws at you. You know, life is a lot like driving a car. You're doing like a hot summer day. You're driving down the road and just bugs everywhere, right? And a lot of times people get so sidetracked of the bugs on the windshield. And being renewed in God's love is just like taking that windshield wiper and being like, see you guys, hosing those babies off and just let God's love clear the windshield, renew you in this Christmas season. Um, <clears throat> have you ever been like in a dead sleep, somewhere like sleeping like in a dark room and somebody comes in and they turn on the light? It's like, it tries your salvation, doesn't it? Like you just kind of think, if murder wasn't one of those big like sins, like could I get away with it? And you start thinking, I think I could dispose of a dead body somehow, you know, in the in the yard or like maybe in the back. That's a joke. Don't 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 do that. Um, but have you ever been into dead sleep? Someone comes in and they turn on the light. I think that a lot of us have been asleep to God's goodness, and we're like that. We're so used to the dark that once you finally awake and once someone turns on the light and and they say it's 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 not as bad as it seems or 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 whatever that we 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 often we stumble around in the darkness and and we're just kind of like what no it can't be that way and and we're almost like waiting for something negative or like expecting it's like we have more faith in the negative of bad things that could happen rather than the fact that God is on the throne and that he's good and that he loves us and that he's got a plan for us um We need to allow the light of Christ to shine into the dark parts of our minds and in our hearts, into the places of doubt and of fear, and into the places that we don't want anyone to know about. And we're going to celebrate with a candlelight service on Christmas Eve just that concept that light has come into the world. Don't forget that. Don't forget in the busyness of the holiday season that the message is a message of hope. That that little baby boy, Mary, did you know that that little baby boy represents hope for all of humanity? And the nations that walked in darkness will see a great light. And you might find yourself walking in darkness in this Christmas season. I want to encourage you to look to Jesus. Look to that baby boy who brought so much hope for the whole nation and the thousands and millions. Do you know that they think that there is something like one billion Christians on planet Earth right now? There's only seven billion people on the planet. We got a pretty good chunk of it, slice of it. There are over a billion people that in this season will look to Jesus as the light of the world. Beyond that, there are generations and generations and generations of people who will testify and say, God is good. And I've walked with him for my whole life. I walked with him for a lifetime. And I can testify and say at the end of my life that he is good and he's worthy to be trusted. And the passage closes out like this. Maybe you recognize it. For a child is born to us. A son is given to us. Can I have the band come up? <clears throat> the government will rest on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor. I think there's nothing wrong with, for, with going for counseling. I think it's awesome. Um, don't forget that he's the Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God. The Everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. 
I don't know if you need some peace today in your life. But if you do, I would recommend you just spend some time with the Prince of Peace. Reflect on that and let some of that peace rub off on you. His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate, the passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven's armies will make this happen. Amen? Why don't you stand up today and let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the hope that is Christ. That he is the light that has come into this dark world to transform it. And Lord, we lift up every silent situation in this room today. Every person who's struggling, every person with a need, every person who needs a breakthrough in maybe their finances or their physical health or their relationships. We thank you, Lord, that as we look to you, and as we are renewed in your love and transformed into the image of the Son, and we are patient that we can count on your faithfulness. We give you all the thanks and praise. In Jesus' name, can somebody shout amen today? Yeah.